It is Friday evening here at KPRPLP, Portland Radio Project. This is Sounds of PDX. I am Veronica Bezesti. We are just a few minutes late, but it is worth the wait. I promise you that. It is a kind of a gloomy Friday that we have upon us. I'm, I'm not all that disappointed. I don't mind a little bit of a reprieve from the heat and a little free water is always good for the gardens. Yes, this is indeed Sounds of PDX on PRP. And tonight we are talking about the documentary film Tipping Point, what the Portland protests tell us about the state of America. Tipping Point documents the 90 days following the murder of George Floyd told through individual stories of Portlanders on the ground. With me this evening is Tipping Point co-producer and all-around lovely individual, Julianne Johnson-Weiss. Hi. Hi. How well, are you? I'm good. I'm good. Me you, too. You are a, are a woman of many talents and much graciousness, including being a member of PRP's Board of Directors. Yay. Which we love. Which we love totally. We love. All right. So June 15th at Alberta Abbey marks the Portland theatrical premiere of Tipping Point. Along with viewing this incredible documentary, goers will be treated to a Q&A with the filmmaker and a musical performance by Mike Crenshaw. I love it. We have a pair of tickets to give away. We're oh, going to give something to give away. Oh, that sounds great. Yes, but we're going to do we're gonna do that in a little while. All okay. right. Julianne, for those folks that are not familiar with this film, what is the focus of Tipping Point? Why was this film made? Uh, from uh, so many different perspectives, but from my perspective, uh, I was seeking a way to articulate uh, what was happening uh, at the protests and also to be able to uh, contribute in some way for my generation and not uh, usurp or take away the focus from the young generation, because this is their time for activism. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. all of our Mm -hmm. time to be involved, but um, I think uh, those of us of a certain age should come (laughs) at it um, from the the perspective of um, there are young voices that want to be heard, that need to be heard. Uh, It is an immediate need directly in front of them, and so they're responding viscerally Mm -hmm. and really giving kind of... uh, the unadulterated uh, look at what is happening, you know, as opposed to uh, those of us who uh, lived through the uh, 60s. And I was a little girl, uh, but my mother was an activist also. And it just, uh, I think my interpretation of what's happening gives me uh, hindsight to see uh, what the journey has been and how we landed here. Sure. And uh, then the impetus for change can really come through the young generation because they will really just drive toward whatever they feel will help. So we, you know, uh, the purpose was just to illuminate, illuminate what was happening Mm -hmm. as opposed to um, editorialize on what's happening. Mm -hmm. So we're not coming from any a specific perspective, Mm -hmm. so to speak. We're just capturing history so that we can reflect on it and see where we need to go from here. And I love how this film was made, and that exactly speaks to the point that you just said, that this was filmmaker John Mayer going out on the streets, capturing from that perspective of wherever he was, what was happening, the word spread a little bit, you had people volunteering their footage, volunteering their time to be interviewed, what an amazing perspective John had, has, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. but also you had 
all of these other individuals enveloped in the entire thing throwing in their two cents. Talk about just what that was like to see all of that footage come together. Uh, It was pretty amazing. I mean, we, of course, got uh, reports every day of what uh, John had seen and what he had captured, and we got a chance to look at some of the footage. But we also had a a real opportunity to meet people like Mike Crenshaw and and folks that are on the ground at the time were on the ground Mm -hmm. uh, capturing everything that was happening from, you know, things that we want to kind of turn away and not look at to... Uh, really positive images like uh, the Native American community coming in and uh, praying, you know, nightly and uh, really having uh, groups like the mo- the moms and folks like that show mm-hmm. up in support and solidarity, but also to see what was happening from the police perspective, from uh, the feds, from, you know, I mean, yeah. there yes. was a lot yes. going on. Yes. And uh, I think... <laughs> Listening to some of the people, because I had the opportunity to sit in front of uh, these folks with the filter of Zoom, right? right. Uh, because that's I, how you did the interviewing. That's was, right. Was I was in remotely. my home. Right. I was in my home. Um, but I think that filter gave us a, a, the opportunity to uh, have people relax a little bit. Sure. You know, and not feel directly confronted mm-hmm. in any way, um, but also... Um, also, they they also were disarmed. They were able to just kind of emote, yeah. you know, and feel when it was time to feel. So, I don't know. I I, I think this was unique, yeah, experience and a unique experience. And and um, gathering their stories together was impactful for me. Um, just being able to hear people speak of what they felt when George Floyd was killed, Mm -hmm. because that was one of the questions that I asked, you know, where were you? What were you doing? How did you feel? And some pivotal uh, testimonials came from uh, a state police officer and a a, uh, Portland police officer, both 30-year veterans, both black, um, looking at this affront on who they are as people and then having to respond with the uniform. So (laughs) I don't know. I, I think I got a little inside glimpse uh, of how people were just digesting and then deciding where they landed, you know, once they saw and then uh, how they wanted to either help with the protest or how they wanted to, complain about what was happening around them or really go in solidarity with people that they thought were a part of their viewpoint. I mean, we <laughs> there's just so much to it that I, I really am yearning to hear others' response yeah. from it because we've heard the response of, of people like in Seattle. We went to the um, film festival there and the social justice, and I'll tell you what, they are close enough to us to have a really clear view of what needs to happen and what may need to change. Mm-hmm. But they also um, have continued their reverence for that moment in time. Whereas with Portland, I don't know. We have to see. We have to see. Uh, but they in Seattle, they have it still all the 
the Black Lives Matter and artists are contributing to the street to keep that artwork up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's still there. And the city actually just is involved in making sure that it stays there. Have so. you had an opportunity to speak any to any of the individuals that you interviewed? Has there been a change of perspective from any of these folks? I think that this time around, we really haven't spoken to anybody mm-hmm. since... We interviewed them. I mean, not formally. Sure. Um, But what I do understand is that when we finished the interview, especially with Mike, Mike's got a, um, he's got a keen viewpoint. uh, And he he really speaks to the trauma uh, that we were historically a part of, you know, uh, and then facing this trauma again and then uh, deciding on what he wants to do. I'm just glad that he's coming to be a part of this premiere because yes. seriously, he's a, he's a powerful artist. Yes. So I love, I love the, and I like him as a person. It was really neat to, uh, I don't know a lot about his outside life, but I do know that uh, as far as this was concerned, he w- he allowed himself to be vulnerable and, and uh, mm-hmm. that's really, really important, you know, for yeah. you to just speak from your heart. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Hmm. I know. I, I wonder what would, what it would be like. There are a few people that I would love to be able to just circle back to. Yeah. Um, but I was looking forward to this time where we could, if, if any were going to come and show up that are still here in Portland, this would be a great time to see them. Well, and, there, and we'll the, see the, it the, the invite is out there in the world now, Julian. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we'll see you, it live. If you were a part of any mm-hmm. of that, if you contributed footage mm-hmm. or you were a part of an interview, you should definitely get oh, yourself yeah. to Alberta Abbey on June 15th. Oh, yeah. And they've been invited. I mean, great. definitely have okay, been. The, the outreach is there. And so I think Amanda uh, Stark, who's also one of our producers, she's just been working as hard as she can to to get the word out. So it's been good. (laughs) Okay. Let's do this. Let's, let me give the information on how to get some tickets out to some folks. If you would like to be a part of the Portland theatrical premiere of tipping point PRP. Yeah. we got a pair of tickets. (laughs) Thank you, Alberta Abbey. Send an email to hello at PRP.FM with your full name and the subject line tipping point. I will pick a random winner and uh, you will be on your way. If you'd like to grab your own tickets, which I get, <laughs> you can do that at albertaabbey.org. And Julianne, I'd like you to speak to this. Funds raised at the Portland premiere this June 15th will bolster efforts to make Tipping Point widely available online. No one involved in producing this documentary will receive profits or royalties. Any profits that is right. will be distributed to benefit BIPOC-owned and operated businesses and organizations in the Portland community. Talk yes. to me about that. Yes. That's well, incredible. <laughs> Isn't it incredible? Yes. Because, you know, first thing that people say is like, oh, you're capitalizing on the on the protests. And you're, no. That's what we didn't want to have happen. We don't want it to be the issue shouldn't be clouded by you thinking that uh, you know we're out there to make a make a make a, a buck, right? A lot of bucks. Yeah. You know, no. What we're looking for is a way to uplift the community again. Yes. You know, to really get us um, serving the community that all of this happened within. And most of us, I mean, my family landed here in '42. So, you know, from Vanport to Giles Lake to, 
you know, everything that's happened with the civil rights movement and all that stuff, we, we've all kind of seen it unfold. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I, I really look to, I grew up over there by Emanuel Hospital, um, uh, also over by um, Concordia College and just in that area where my church is right there on Vancouver Avenue. Um, so we're, it's important for you to know that people are trying to give back to the community in some way. Right. And that's that's really what this is about. And right. we've all spoken to each other about it and thought, well, you know, if we want to do some other projects, then that's where we can actually, you know, see some benefit for financially for us. But right now, this movie, mm -mm. Yeah. it's all about us just giving and wanting to see um, things change. Make what, change. what are some of the accolades that this film has already received? <laughs> that it's, uh, that John's footage is raw. Yeah. Uh, it's clear. It's uh, not manipulated, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, that he, that there are some shots that come from above so that you can really see the Kate within the chaos as opposed to always walking through it. Yeah. Um, that, um, People were uh, ignited at certain times uh, trying to make really, really strong statements about uh, what they wanted and what they didn't want, who they liked, who they didn't like. You know, um, just being uh, aggressive in some ways because that's how change happens, but also being uh, very thoughtful about what they wanted to do in order to make some change occur. So this wasn't just a, a bunch of people running around being crazy, right? you know, but I think you'll see that as you watch the film. I think uh, you'll see that there were uh, uh, groups that really worked hard at organizing. I mean, I love that shot that he got of, uh, of the bridge. Yes. Um, that still is stunning to me yes. because it means that every generation, every, there was everyone that you could think of represented on that bridge and that's really what Portland is um, but I think we now need to give avenues for every person to have a voice yes. and I think that's what's happening I think there has been some changes that have come to uh, societally that uh, really open the door for people to sit at the table yeah. and be a part of the conversation and I'm listening to some young people on the new on the radio too who yeah are, you know, part of charitable giving and part of just really trying to reinvigorate and revive uh, the downtown area. Um, but it's not broken because, um, let me make, make this very clear, it's not broken downtown because of the protests. Downtown right. has been fractured and broken for a long time. And it's all based on the river running through it. We, from dividing the communities yeah. up and making it so that they are adversarial, you know, instead of being uh, really collective, right. Portland. Right. Um, there's been a lot that's always been here, but we are a very um, pleasant town. No, what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Very pleasant town. And resilient. And resilient. We face some things and we've overcome some yes. things, and we will again. And that's what I heard from the 80-year-old uh, woman. There was a woman that I spoke to who uh, she's been here for a long, long, long time. And um, the one thing that she 
kept saying was, we've done this before, and we'll get through it again. And that is the gift of having, um, not having that age factor Mm -hmm. be a part of this conversation. You know, it's not just be about the young people, but it's also about generational conversations right. with your elders, with folks that can help you avoid the minefields that are out there that will kind of derail us from being a collective unit yes. of folks that are a community that support each other. Yes. You know, so so I always kind of poo-poo the idea of, you know, uh, it's you're too old to talk about this now or you're too young to have the experience. I think everybody comes from a great perspective that we all need to share collectively. Absolutely. Is this a film that mm-hmm. is suitable for all the generations to attend? Yes, if they can guarantee that there will be conversation. I love that. <laughs> my my parents, love it. you know, had conversation with me or an elder or an uncle or a guardian, okay. whoever is but I think I do think that when you get a little below like ten or so, yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 rough. It's it, it you know. It, but, it is not easily digested, <laughs> but it has to be digested. It does have it to be digested. It is digestible. Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. Well, June fifteenth, Alberta I Abbey. Know. Love it. Absolutely love it. I'm so excited. AlbertaAbbey.org. Grab yourself some tickets. If you have not already emailed hello at prp.fm for that free pair that we got. Thank you again, Alberta Abbey. Please do that. I mean, why not? However, grab yourself some tickets. As we said. Any profits will be distributed to benefit BIPOC-owned and operated businesses and organizations in Portland community. Mm -hmm. That is an important aspect of what supporting community Mm -hmm. is all about. Yeah, Julie M. I know. Thank you for coming here and being on Sounds of PDX on Portland Radio Project. I really appreciate you. Of course. And I appreciate Portland Radio Project for illuminating what our community is about and what they're doing. it really is, we need that kind of avenue. And a lot of the different radio stations have now programming that is given to them and is dictated to them. And it sure is great to just be able to come in and see it go from idea to fruition yep. and have it be a, a discussion. That, that's what we do here at PRP. Yes, yep, absolutely. I love, you. I love you and I love your work. Oh. Oh, Thank love you. you too. Love yeah. you too. All right. One last uh, June 15th, alberta You can always hop over to our website, prp.fm. I'll have some links up there as well. This is going to be an amazing evening. I highly suggest getting down there with as many generations as you can. Mm-hmm. Keep those conversations going. Just because the protests are over doesn't mean the problems are solved. And they're not really over. We've just stepped into the next phase. Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> to John, to Mike, to everybody yes. involved in this film, what what an amazing piece of art. And I want to give a shout out also yes. to um, the old church for stepping forward yes. and really helping us to Absolutely. to make this come to come to fruition. It's been a, a lovely journey and um, they are some lovely people too. They're amazing so thank people. You. Yeah. Yeah. And Alberta Abbey. Alberta Abbey doing the business now and they have a lot of programming that's going on that's really really great so if you want to if anybody wants to go down and see them 
Which reminds me, JP says hello. I had I him in know. the studio last week. So he says hello. We love JP. Okay. All right. <laughs> Julianne, thank you again. And thank you to everybody tuning in to PRP this Friday evening. Do not go anywhere. Swamp is up next. Have a great night, you guys. See you soon. Ooh.